Hello and welcome everyone to our podcast series, The Spotlight. I'm your host, Friederike Schnabel. Thanks a lot for tuning in. With me today is Vincent Chignot, Head of Research at Generali Insurance Asset Management. Welcome, Vincent. Hello, everyone. Vincent, the equity markets have rebounded over the past months. Should we see this as a real trend reversal? Well, the stocks 600 index recovered in October about a quarter of the losses recorded over the first nine months of the year. Uh, we see three forces at play. One, the fall in natural gas prices in Europe due to high reserves and extremely mild weather. Uh, two, rate hike fears seem to be leveling off with overnight rates seen peaking around 5% of the US and 2.75% for the euro area. Three, the positioning of investors is very defensive, which creates conditions for a rebound. That said, we do not see a real trend reversal. It's possible that the yield of 10-year treasuries, which tested 4.25% in October, will not go much higher, but the valuation of risky assets, such as equities or high-yield credit, is still exposed. Some talk about the end of the energy crisis in Europe, the price of natural gas having been divided by three from the peak in August. This is very premature talk. The decline in the price of gas, which is dragging down that of electricity, is a relief, of course. But need we remember that it's still five to six times higher than the market price in the US? The acceleration of the energy transition is good news. But the rise of nuclear and renewable energies will take more than a decade. And in the meantime, Europe will face a competitiveness problem. That is a threat to re-industrialization. Companies in energy-intensive sectors, such as steel, aluminum, chemicals, or agri-food, complain of a deteriorating competitive position. BASF has questioned the economic viability of its production in Europe. Northvolt has threatened to relocate its battery manufacturing project to the US, etc., etc. What about expectations of key rate hikes? So they are leveling off, you think? The headache for central banks is increasingly painful, given the persistent inflation and evaporating economic growth. How to break inflation without causing too deep a recession? The latest inflation reports have continued to surprise to the upside in the Eurozone, the US, the UK, which will delay the central bank pivot. The persistence of inflation in a context of social tensions and rising wage pressures increases the risk of policy overshooting. At the same time, recession is looming in the Eurozone, where PMIs are already below 50. The United States, less exposed to the energy crisis, are resisting better, but the tightening of financial conditions, the worst since the great financial crisis of 2008, implies a high risk of recession in 2023. The manufacturing ISM is already flirting with the 50 mark. The OS spread of the Bloomberg US high yield index below 500 basis points does not seem to reflect this risk of recession. So the conditions are not met for a policy turn that would reassure investors. Well, economic policies are unusually constrained. The financial and political crisis caused by the trust government in the UK reminded that 
budgetary room of maneuver is limited as the public debt has ballooned of the past 15 years. And that high inflation constrains the role of central banks as lenders of last resort. The Bank of England did intervene to protect financial stability, but money printing is incompatible with the fight against inflation and was set to be short-lived. And that's why you shouldn't rush to buy the loans. We can no longer count on the central bank put. We are approaching an inflection point in the pace of tightening, but this is not enough to trigger a strong reversal in real long-term rates and to radically improve market sentiment. No respite on the geopolitical side? We see no sign that the diplomatic route is about to open in Ukraine. President Biden is about to lose his majority in the House and possibly even the Senate, but it's unclear how much that will change U.S. foreign policy in the next two years. In China, the party congress has supported the idea of a radicalization, a lower sensitivity to financial markets and increased volatility. In Europe, the Franco-German couple is going through an acute crisis, not least because Germany does not seem to be interested in reducing military dependence on the US and commercial dependency on China. Vincent, a final word on investment recommendations? We still recommend a prudent asset allocation. To re-risk portfolios, you need either very attractive valuations or an imminent trigger such as the Fed pivot or a diplomatic breakthrough in Ukraine. We don't see that just yet. I have already talked about high yield spreads being too low. The decline in equity multiples also seems insufficient relative to the surge in long-term real rates and the cyclical deterioration. In the liquid universe, we therefore prefer cash, IG credits, and treasuries, which are a better store of value than goods. To end on a positive note, our five-year total return outlook available online is now much better than the one produced a year ago. Emerging external debt is the winner, with 8% per annum expected in euro, but returns will also be more volatile. Thanks a lot, Vincent, for sharing these valuable insights with us. Thank you all for tuning in and hear you soon. <music>